1: Alicia Del Valle, and the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Los Podcast. Estamos en vivo. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast has been brought to you by Online. BetOnline. Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Ben Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting. And your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code, Believe B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. It has been a long time since we've done a Bleed Lows podcast in vivo. And that's because the Dodgers have had like Monday off for the whole month. And uh, on Thursdays, unfortunately, uh, there was games. So, you know, usually we do the in vivo when we are when there's a Dodgers off day. So we're so glad. Hopefully uh, you guys can join us. I can't wait to. To say hi to everybody. I know uh that Simeon and even hey, Michael Carrillo, I missed you, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Been a while since the last <laughs> live. You're absolutely right, Michael. Can't wait to hear your hot takes. Um, uh, joining us on the on the Avivo, uh, and we want to thank her uh because she's great. Everybody loves her. We've gotten so much positive uh, you know, response. Amy's been filling in. I, I want to get this out of the way real quick. I don't know if anybody saw this online. We haven't really addressed this on the show, uh, but Alonzo, Alonzo is still a part of this show. Alonzo is still one of the hosts on this show. If anybody did see the post uh, that we put up there, uh, I know we did it through the bleed Los podcast podcast, uh, Twitter. Uh, I also shared a personal post, but uh, Alonzo's son uh, has cancer and has been in the hospital and so Alonzo has been dealing with that. Family is first always on this show. So we will support Alonzo with whenever whatever he needs uh, to help him and his family. That being said, there is a GoFundMe account going around to help with the hospital expenses. Uh, uh, his his son has been in the hospital for quite some time and as, as some of you may know, I mean those hospital bills are just uh, they're incredibly expensive. So if you guys have the ability or can make whatever contribution you can, uh, please go ahead and do so. It is available on our social medias and uh, you know uh, just keep Alonzo and his family and his thoughts, please. I, I I really appreciate it. I know he's chomping at the bit to come back to the show and to get a little bit of normalcy and be able to talk and, uh as I said we haven't talked about it on the show because it is a private matter but Alonso has given me the go ahead to go ahead and and discuss it on the show. So uh just to get that out of the way but uh Amy has been gracious enough to be providing us uh coverage on the show and and giving us her hot takes. So uh la reina de de playa larga I, I want to start with you um we are going to go ahead and Talk about that Baltimore Orioles series. Uh, I saw this a lot, and I'm curious to see if you guys saw it. Everybody, you know, was saying, oh, the Orioles suck, man. I thought the Orioles were good. I don't think you guys are giving the Dodgers enough credit, man. The Dodgers took two out of three, and I was not expecting that. I thought they were going to struggle in Baltimore. And, look, I'm going to say it. They might have struggled because if Chris Taylor doesn't hit that grand slam, they may lose that game and they lose two out of three in that series uh, uh reina what were your thoughts your takeaways from that series in baltimore
2: it looked like they were actually playing like more of a cohesive unit this time around so yes the the grand slam definitely put us ahead i had a couple friends who were logging out of the game you know initially because we were losing and it's like no no it's not over till the last out and you know chris taylor comes in clutch like he, he tends to do Hits that home run and then we're on that we're on we're on a roll and then we did it the next day and you saw how many hits we got that second game and then the third game came around but we can't we can't win every single one of them so I think they were finally playing as more of a cohesive unit and it was really good to see. Uh,
1: Michael Carrillo, I see your comments and I'm getting there. Uh, I just want to go to Babyface. Uh, Babyface, uh, what were your takeaways out of that Baltimore series?
3: Yeah, I mean, as we discussed in the prior show, where uh, you kind of twisted my arm, and I didn't know what to expect from that series. I I, I was expecting the Orioles to be this team like uh, like we had faced the the Diamondbacks, and where they faced the Diamondbacks, you know, face Diamondbacks earlier in the season that that young running running gun type team. I didn't really see that so far, or or like you'd know, also mentioned, maybe the Dodgers kind of they knew what they were lag- lacking back then and they kind of have adjusted to that to, you know, because when they played like, you know, Pittsburgh took advantage of them as well early in the season and they were able to to get caught up on that. So I don't know if, you know, they're able to kind of fix what was the issue and, you know, they came out, played and played really good. You know, they played, you know, uh, what, aren't the Orioles in first place right now? They're they're, they 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 moved into first place in the East, which the East is a very tough division. I mean, every team is over 500. The Yankees are in last place and, they're, you know, I think if they'd be in another division, they'd be, like, you know, s- right in the thick of things. So it's a very tough division, I mean, for, for what it is. And, and you know, they were able to go in there and win two or three. Um, not going to complain about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they just beat the Rayos today and are in first place by themselves, the Orioles. So, look, I, I, Emmett Sheehan, yeah, he gave up four runs, but he kept them in the game. And I can't say enough. I mean, I don't think it's realistic to expect that dude to come out and shut everybody down and pitch shutout innings or even like only give up one run. The guy is, he made the jump from double A to the major leagues, and he's keeping these guys in the game. And I just think, you know, I want to give him credit for that. Yeah, he hasn't looked ultimately sharp. I think the fact that he's been in the league a little bit more, there's more tape on him. These other teams, they scout. They know what to look for now with Emmett Sheehan. But I love that he battles back and he keeps people in the game. For all you Michael Grove haters, hey, how about we come out here and uh, we give Michael Grove some credit because who expected that? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Michael Grove gets announced to pitch in that game against the Orioles. And I was like, Dios mio, what what is going to happen here? Um, but that's a really nice start for Michael Grove there. I hope um, it's something that maybe some consistency that he can build. If Michael Grove can do the same thing that Sheehan does and just keep the Dodgers in the game, I think that's a win for the Dodgers. Is it not, Reina? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean he's like you said, he's still a rookie. Both of them are like they they're they're still finding their, their groove in the game. And if, if you had more of our starting lineup or our starting pitchers there, you wouldn't notice some of these hiccups. It wouldn't be as, as prevalent. But I, I mean, I think they're doing a great job. The bullpen is kind of, they've gotten the rest that they needed. So they're also not getting overused the longer that Sheehan and, and Grove can go in the game.
1: Yeah, so look, you had solid starting pitching. The bullpen was great. Uh, for those first two games. Now we're going to get to what everybody on the live wants me to get to. The minute we logged in, Michael Carrillo came in, Philip Lopez checking in from Disneyland, big thunder mountain. There you go, buddy. You say uh, big thunder right there. You get say hi to that goat. Is the goat still on top of the mountain there? Say hi to them there. Philip Lopez. Um, Look, uh, the Julio Diaz thing. I know there's a lot of theories I want to go ahead and address the first of one, Michael Carrillo, come on, with the fat shaming? I don't, I and I've heard this with Max Muncy, which we're going to get to also as part of the show. You guys on the live, you guys who are watching, I, I see if you guys have a theory for this. I know I saw a lot online, you know, what's going on with Julio. Julio's not going to get paid now. Look, Julio's been inconsistent. He's been... I mean, this is the highest ERA he's ever had in the major leagues. But hear me out. If he turns things around, or let's say in the playoffs, he goes nuts. You guys think, babyface, you don't think Julio's still going to get paid? If he has a ridiculous postseason and he leads the Dodgers to the World Series, even though he doesn't have a good regular season, don't you think someone's, you don't think the Metropolitan's, you don't think the people who lose out on Shohei Otani? there we go, Shohei Otani reference, the people who lose, at show, lose out on Shohei Otani. you don't think they're going to pay Julio? I, I don't think he's going to lose that much money if he turns things around. What say you, babyface?
3: I don't think he's going to lose that much money either. I mean, even if he doesn't turn things around, somebody's going to pay for him. I mean, he's having an offseason, right? It happens. It happens to, to pitchers all the time, right? They have a bad season and they bounce back, you know. So, you know, how are the Dodgers how are the Dodgers gonna feel? How are the Dodger fans gonna feel? Julio has a bad season, he leaves, he goes somewhere next season, he's lights out again when Cy Young, right? I mean we we we've seen that happen, guys leave somewhere and they go somewhere else and, and they're playing out of their minds, right? They're going somewhere, we're gonna see an old friend and he's playing out of his mind right now in the next couple of days, right? So I don't think he's really gonna lose. You know that big of a, of a contract, especially with Boris, right? And and the other thing that I was thinking about though is, you know what? Yeah, he's struggling, but Julio has been lights out for this team. One come come playoff time, you know, and I kind of and I expect him to do that again come playoff time. Even if his regular season is inconsistent, and been bad, he's shown that he's a playoff pitcher, and I think when once playoffs come, roll around again, I think he's going to be that same guy.
1: Look, I I, I hope you're right about the Julio thing. I I mean, you guys all know, look, we're rooting for Julio on this show. Reina, I know you're into the stats, and I know you can help me with this one. But I'm sitting here looking at he's had four starts this season where he's given up five runs or more. Those four starts were all on the road. When he's pitched at Dodger Stadium, he's pitched like a decent pitcher. He's maybe given up two, three runs. It's when he's on the road, and I don't know what that's about. Reina, do you have is there a reason why you think Julio is not pitching well on the road this year?
2: I mean, he even said in his post game wrap that he just didn't feel right when he pitched that day, but. I mean, you also have extenuating circumstances. Rogers brought this up before. In this case, the game started later. They, the, for whatever reason, the, the the groundskeeping crew didn't cover the field the night before, and it got rained on. That delayed the game. Does that impact their prep? Does that impact the mindset? Is that going into this particular game versus whatever's happened in some of the other ones? I mean, it, I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into it. I'm just, I'm kind of hoping that whatever they are on the road, if if we're fine, if we're seeing that hopefully the the pitching staff, the pitching coaches are seeing that too, and they can turn that around.
1: Baby face. I mean, in Baltimore, that's the worst start, I think, of his career. He didn't look good in Kansas City. Now in Kansas City, also a lot of things went the wrong way. What is your explanation for why Julio is not good on the road? I mean, at Dodger Stadium now, if the Dodgers can somehow get a home field advantage, if you get playoffs at Dodger Stadium, I think – Everyone's going to feel better about Julio pitching on the road. I mean, at home, I'm just scratching my head because I don't think he was this bad on the road last year or in previous years. This seems like it's something new to me. And I know that friend of the show, uh, Roxo Arroyo, has felt that maybe there's something going on here where he's not using his fastball as much as he's using before. I know you have a theory. You don't think Julio is healthy. I don't know if that ties into what Michael Carrillo was saying. Uh, Because I feel like last year was when Julio had like a a drastic weight loss, right? Didn't he come into camp looking a lot slimmer and more fit? I think he kind of looks the same this year. Do you guys think that that Julio physically looks different? babyface? Tell me, how do you fix Julio? I mean you just I mean you got to trust
3: him right? I mean you, you know what he's done for this team right? And and, he, and like you said I don't know if he went out with that leg issue right? I don't know if that leg issue is still bothering him right? I mean you know guys are going to want to come back and help the team as soon as they can. Especially someone like Julio right? Who like you mentioned his his agent is Boris right? They're looking at that big payday at the end at the end of the season right? So maybe he wants to be out there. He needs he knows he, I I need a pitch to go out there and showcase what i can do for my next big contract and maybe his leg isn't right i mean it seemed like a, a weird you know hamstring injury right kind of like so it seemed kind of odd you know then he came back you know he had a little bit of a setback when he did come back but then you know he went to rancho and then you know and then he came back so i mean i don't know if if that's an issue um you know like you mentioned rocks mentioned his fastball usages down this year i mean i you know, I don't know if there'd be anything in the shoulder that's bugging him, but you know, I, you know, if it's just, I'm hoping if it's anything, it's just his leg, right? Just you know, rather than any type of arm ailment. But um, I mean, they gotta, you know, you gotta keep trusting him. You know, he, he, you know, he, he's shown that nothing really kind of will rattle him that much. You know, the big moments won't rattle him like you know, so he can go out there and 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 perform. So yeah, um, I mean, you just gotta ride him. You know, and and I trust that you know he'll. He'll figure it out, and you know he'll he he'll, he'll be able to help this team down the stretch
1: so those of you on the live, do you guys see i mean do you guys have any explanation if you do make sure you put it in the chat as to why there's such a big difference between Julio pitching at Dodger Stadium and him pitching on the road now, I know that Dodger Stadium is a pitcher's ballpark, but I mean the numbers are are drastic I, I, I'm telling you. If you look at his starts, the games that he at Pittsburgh back in April, he gave up six runs at St. Louis in May. He gave up six runs at Kansas City. He gave up five runs at Baltimore. He gave up eight runs. Those are his worst starts of the season. If you take that away from him, if you take those starts away from him, it's probably we're sitting here saying Julio's Julio. It's the consistency. Michael Carrillo, that I do like what you just put in here. And I think that is something that is very noticeable to me for Julio this year. His command does not seem as sharp. Uh, And especially in those first inning, he has those first inning problems. So let's give Michael Carrillo a point there because I I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, The command. Reina, do you think that is maybe why he's not using his fastball that much? Do you think maybe he doesn't have command of the fastball and that's what's hurting him?
2: I mean, that's definitely a factor. I think something that we forget when we get so lost in the stats and I'm guilty of this myself. Like I love to dive into the numbers is these, these guys are human. Like they're going to have off days and I can't plan my off day on, Oh, well I'm going to have to pitch today. Can we move that to the next day? They're still going to have to go out there and do their job. And he's still got to show up on the mound, whether he feels good or not. If he is, ha- if he's struggling out on the road, like Doc's still going to move him out there. So he's going to do the best he can. And like Roger said, he has that, he has the demeanor. He's calm under pressure, but like it, it can't feel good to give up those runs and know that, you know, you're doing your best out there. So.
1: Well, I'm very curious to, see, because he scheduled a pitch against the Rojos uh, at Dodger stadium. So if he bounces back, and has a great outing against the Rojos, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where maybe this is just it with Julio. It's going to be one of those weird years where he just doesn't pitch well on the road, and he pitches at at, at home. He pitches well. Um, I'm going to move on to the other hot topic that's in the chat. I I keep seeing this from you guys, and it was something I always wanted to bring up anyways. This hatred towards Austin Barnes. I want to do a little bit of a reality check with everybody here, okay, because I see this a lot on social media. And, Philip Lopez, I'm talking to you. That 0 and 70 that you threw out there, that that is fake news. That is false information. Even Howard Cole, who is the ultimate bitcher. On 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 Twitter, who complains about everything? Who who everybody's the most wor- is the 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 most horrible player on there. Even he said that uh, that stat is not accurate, and you can't be putting out that kind of misinformation. Look, you and I'll, I'll tell you guys this: you guys don't think that Austin Barnes knows he's having a terrible season. I bring this up because I don't know if you guys saw the video of Reina. Help me out here. How do you pronounce the Seattle Mariner center fielder's last name? Is it Kalenic?
2: Oh, gosh, I don't I don't know. I was trying to figure that out this afternoon.
1: <laughs> OK, we'll so we'll the that. Mariner center fielder Kalenic struck out and then he kicked a cooler in the dugout yesterday. And it turns out he fractured his leg. Okay, and so now he's going on the IL, and he went, and he had just, uh-oh. You guys, uh, for those of you who, who haven't been, I don't know if you guys know what that means. That means we have a visitor, baby face. Someone. Who's at the door? Can you let them in through the gate? Open the gate. Someone's here. Open the gate, please. Oh, look, look who's here, everybody. Hey, guys, it's La Princesa de Picolandia. Hey. <laughs>
0: Except I'm not in Picolanca today.
1: Okay. Alicia del Valle, everybody. Uh hey Princesa, can we want to get the whole widescreen on you? Can you hold I the phone the other way?
0: I did that and it just turned it sideways.
1: Okay then. So, well, it looks like you're holding a bottle of wine. Are you drinking
0: right now? I I take the, I take the fifth. But what I do have is <laughs> When we have giveaways here on the Bleed Love podcast, when we go live, this will be one of them. So okay,
1: so we're having a hard I, time seeing it, so can you describe it?
0: Maybe I could try to fix the camera. <laughs> I'm not sure why it's that way. If I turn it this way, you could see that.
1: You're, you're freezing, so I think you're just having a bad reception. Let us know, where are you right now?
0: Okay, so I'm in the wonderful valley of Santa Inés. Can you oh. hear me?
1: Yeah, can we can hear you. hear you perfectly. You're just freezing on camera, so you're frozen in a perfect position because we can see your face, uh, but we can hear you clearly. So let us know what are you doing, where are you at right now?
0: Okay, one minute. I'm gonna try to. What? Hold on.
1: This is what happens okay. when you do a show in vivo, everybody.
0: Okay, is this better?
1: Yeah, you're we're still freezing, but we hear can me? hear you. We can hear you. You're just your picture's freezing.
0: I'm staying still. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can hear you fine. We just your picture's freezing.
0: It's still freezing. I don't want to.
1: This is going beautifully. This is awesome, everybody, it, and people. But-
0: I'm sorry. It, I, it's-
3: so where are you at, you said?
0: I'm in Santa Inez. I'm at the Sunstone Winery as a guest of the uh, Sunstone, or the Santa Inez Chamber of Commerce. So this is a mixer, a meet-and-greet um, I've already booked another nonprofit to host and help raise money for. And it involves courses and wine. So I'm in heaven.
1: (laughs) So were you holding a bottle of wine then? That is what you're hinting at is going to be a possible giveaway?
0: Yes, not possible. It's coming home with me. So uh, I would like to say hello to all of the uh, viewers and anyone who's joining in. That this could be yours. And I should have brought it with me. But um, <laughs> It is is—it uh, is actually two bottles of wine. Two reds. And they're wonderful. And up I don't know if you guys, have any of you been here to this part? Of, uh, I've been to Solvang. Have you guys been to Solvang?
1: I've been to Solvang. And just this is a, a public service announcement. Don't go to Solvang on Mondays, guys, because everything is closed. I went to Solvang on Monday.
0: Okay, that's that's a great tip. Um, So Solvang, and then there's Buellton. Have you heard of Mm. Buellton? Yes. Okay, this is even smaller and more intimate and very just, it's beautiful. It's called Ballard, and it's in between Solvang and in between uh, Buellton, I guess. It's basically Santa Inez Valley. And I've met so many wonderful people. I was just speaking with Ramon, who is from Guadalajara. And he's been here since 1994, and he has 34 horses. And then his wife is a former triathlete, and they are hosting this wonderful event And the bottom line is, it's just wonderful here, and I'm bringing you one. We're gonna give it away to feed those followers. Is that a better way to put it?
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> we haven't figured out how we're gonna give it out yet, guys. But when when she comes back, but uh, Alicia, what is this nonprofit for? You're always involved with like nonprofits. You're always out there helping the community. What is this cause for?
0: So, um, technically, I'm here with the Chingona community um so it's a woman that we went to the same high school but not together and we kept missing each other we know a lot of the same people we network in a lot a lot of the same circles we've just never worked together once we met we hit it off and shout out to roz from chingona community it's a legit 5013c um, I'm gonna be posting about it. So please if you are interested, at all like or even curious, um, I mean real talk, my nana hates the name, but it's generational. They've taken that name and <laughs> embraced it and, and made it their own. Same way with Olachola, like those kinds of that, that vibe of like I'm gonna call myself that and I'm gonna embrace it and it's a mindset. The Shimona community is a mindset of just being badass networking and helping other women thrive and she just gave out for scholarships she belongs to this chamber she invited me because i mean i'm 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 trying to always bridge my two passions which is community journalism and exploring um you know adventures california especially you know i'm a homer so um, some did yell at me because I had my Dodger hat on earlier, and he's like, "How about them Padres?" As he drove away, which is rude. But, okay, I think he was smiling when he said it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you're fighting with Show Pods fans uh, uh, I, out over there in uh, in Santa Ynez? Is that what's going on here?
0: I don't know if I'm calling it a fighting when someone yells at you from a passing car, but he was like smiling. It was friendly. It wasn't shots fired. It was more like goofy because I wanted to. Be like, yeah, how about them? Like. <laughs>
1: Hey princessa did you notice if they had ranch water in the trunk of their car as they drove away?
0: I <laughs> dang it. San Diego and the ranch waters. Um yeah, no, this is just a wonderful, I mean really this I wish I could show you just how beautiful it is but I can't manage the camera. Um I I'm, I'm being rude right now. Hi Amy.
1: Hello. How are
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Look, I can see you. <laughs> How are you? Are you having fun? Are these good, are these gentlemen treating you well? Of course, they're the best. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's for sure, for sure.
1: Because
0: if they're we- not, you just. <laughs>
1: look, we appreciate you calling in. I don't want to take you away from, it sounds like you're having a really good time where you're at. Um, but I can't wait until I send you the pictures of what has become a slideshow from your phone, because some of these, uh, pictures that I'm getting from you are hysterical. Um, but I just want to for all our listeners, our viewers that are on here, I really we don't talk about this enough on the show and we need to do a better job of doing this. But Alicia is very involved in the community in Los Angeles, and she's always working on this kind of stuff with, with not only with scholarships, but for, with the youth. So, uh, Alicia, I want to commend you on that. And so I want to thank you also for taking the time to call us from this party, because it sounds like you're having a really good time.
0: It's a good time for a good cause. And that that is the best way I love to celebrate life. What can I do to help? And yet also, you know, the best time, I mean, hopefully no one here sees what I'm about to say. The best time to get people to donate is when they've (laughs) had a little wine, tequila, or because, you know, it's all human. And even though the chingono community was started by Latina, in La Mirada, and you know, a, a chingona, a chicana. It's inclusive, and these women here have totally responded. And now there's going to be good deeds done. And don't think that I'm not spreading the gospel of the doctors while I'm here because you know that's what I do. So it's a win win win, right, baby days?
1: Right. All <laughs> the hey, time. Alicia, before we let you go, I do just want to say this that you were robbed for best costume at Fluffy's birthday party. <laughs> uh, I was told someone else won. For those of you who have not seen the pictures on our social media, of uh, La Princesa's original, this was an original costume that she came up with uh, for her Lucha Libre con- costume, and her Lucha Libre name is La Traviesa Rosa. So I, I just want to <laughs> let you know you were robbed uh, uh, in that costume contest.
0: Okay, first of all, A, thank you. That is very gracious of you for saying that. I love our group picture. It's getting a lot of love from my family and friends. Secondly, that name was given to me. I think you were near me one, when the gentleman that works the rings for uh, Lucha Vagu. Yeah. She gave me that name. I didn't. I wanted to be something like, like, like uh, a Dinamita, or uh, I don't
1: know, something like with a
0: cat. There it is. Hey.
1: <laughs> well, let's 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 okay. ask our listeners, do you guys like that name, that lucha name for Alicia? Do you guys like La Traviesa Rosa or should she go back to what she originally wanted, which is La Dinamita?
0: Or something like um like a like uh I don't know like something that but I wanted to be kind of cat like, but I couldn't find the mask in time to have the fur and I should keep working on that costume. I, I want to <laughs> evolve. It. I feel like maybe I missed my calling. I really think I should have been a wrestler. So I, yes.
1: I, I'm starting to agree with you. I think you did miss your calling and I would love to, to go to a, a wrestling event uh, and be able to support you and cheer you <laughs> on.
0: Fluffy also said, why didn't you join the costume contest? And I wanted so badly, like, why didn't you remember to tell me? But we all know, what well, you know, it was a good time. Wasn't everybody just <laughs> feeling so great at night? The thing is, one, you know, I ate more than I drank. I was eating anything you put in front of me. I didn't even drink. I, but we stayed up dancing. It was such a great event. Sophie knows how to throw a party. And it was so great to hang out with you guys, too. Thank you, Babyface and Juan, for... Or being my chaperones and um <laughs> and look I, I i didn't
1: want to put her on blast but she ain't lying la, la, la can throw down when it comes to food she literally had a sampler plate like we literally went to all she had and in her defense she only i think she only asked for two tacos and the guy gave her three she then went and got tamales she then i, I don't know what else oh she got a danger uh- dog they were selling perros oh, yeah. peligrosos, and she got those, too. She went to the pasta bar. The girl can throw down when it comes to food. So there was no judgment there.
0: Poodles, noodles, um, ice cream, and, and Sally, you no, know, no, fluffy, treated all of his guests. We never had to pull out a card you nor know, cash, you no know, Apple Pay. He really took care of us, and he just, didn't you have a good time?
1: He had a great time, that's
0: all that
1: matters. Yeah, he did. Very happy. He did have a great time. He did, he
0: had a great
1: time. Okay, Alicia, we're going to let you go because you're starting to break up, but I appreciate you calling in, and uh, I know our listeners are looking forward to uh, winning that bottle of wine that you're bringing from Sante Ness. Amy, do you
2: like wine? Uh, I don't drink it, but – (laughs) That just that just leaves more for you.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for the thought. I appreciate it. (laughs) Do you like peaches? I have. I'm literally staying at a peach farm.
2: Oh, bring them!
0: (laughs) You have about one month left for peaches. I'm in God's country. It's so freaking beautiful here. And shout out to our two mash sisters and brothers. It's beautiful here. And so, yeah, I mean, I've already eaten three peaches in one day. So, (laughs) I will bring peaches for everybody. Peaches for everyone. You guys have a great time. Gold buyers, don't panic. They're going to figure it out. Um, Julio's going to be fine. Friedman's going to figure out pitching. Um, It's going to be okay. Don't panic.
1: All righty. <laughs> no pasa nada. Thank you, Alicia. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks, bye. Alicia. Bye.
3: We'll see you later.
1: Okay, a big thank you there to La Princesa de Picolandia. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program where we were discussing uh, um, Austin Barnes and your guys' irrational hatred of Austin Barnes. Like, I saw this all over social media where everybody was just like, and even Philip Lopez over here wants the guy DFA'd. All I'm gonna say is this, I'm putting this out there, and I'm gonna say it to uh, La Reina over here. Does Austin Barnes play enough to actually factor in in the decisions that's I mean, the Dodgers aren't losing games because of Austin Barnes? Yeah, they're not winning games because of Austin Barnes, but they're not losing games. Julio, I, I know some people on uh, online. I wanted to attribute the ERA issues to Austin Barnes. But of those games that I just talked about with Julio, those four games where he's given up five, five runs or more, guess what? Austin Barnes only caught one of those games. The other game was caught by Austin Wins, and he's not on the team. The other two were caught by Will Smith. So, I, 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 Michael Carrillo coming in with the hard numbers here saying he's lost them 1.6 games according to war. I, I, I I get it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, argue with you, Michael. I just feel the eye test when the Dodgers lose, I don't feel they're losing because of Austin Barnes. When the Dodgers are losing, it's either the bullpen has had a meltdown. The offense isn't hitting, and this is an offense, and I want to transition into this real quick. This is an offense that's very top heavy. You have Mookie, you have Federico, you have Will Smith, and this is what I want to talk about because I saw a lot of this online. Why is Max Muncie hitting in the cleanup spot? And I know this is a topic that La Reina wants to go at Reina, go at it. Can you explain to me why Max Muncy's hitting in the four spot?
2: I mean, he's been hitting in the four spot for about three years now. I don't understand it. He's really great getting on base, not necessarily hitting. I don't know why, like, if you're you're asking me to make, like, my dream roster, we put him, have him be the leadoff hitter. He can get on base. Let him be the leadoff. And then you need to stagger out. So you've got Smith who can always drive in runs. Maybe you shake that up a little bit. Maybe you have, you know, Freddie still hit second. You have... Will Smith hitting third, then you put Mookie in in the cleanup spot because those guys, if you're alternating there, you're actually getting people on base, you're moving them over and you can still swing for the fences. So it's a little bit of both. It's like hybrid, small ball, swing for the fences. But right now, having him be cleanup, at that point, we're not necessarily moving the guys over. We're just getting another person on base. And then now that top heavy part of the the lineup, we've moved past it. So now we've got to rely on everybody else to get these runs in. So...
1: All right, let me, get, let me uh, fire back at you w- with a couple of things. One, Mookie seems to be very comfortable in the leadoff spot. And if you move Mookie anywhere out of the leadoff spot, it seems like it really affects uh, Mookie. Uh, so having Muncie as a leadoff, I don't know. So I have two questions for you. One, who would you put in the cleanup spot? And two, would you move Mookie, uh, Max Muncie down? Uh, Michael Carrillo had said, switch him with Peralta. I was thinking even lower than that, Michael. I was thinking what, I mean, could you hit Muncy eight or nine and try to treat him as a secondary uh, leadoff guy? Because it seems what Max Muncy does well at this point other, I mean, he, the guy still has over 20 home runs is he walks, he, he walks a lot. Um So uh, what would you think of those two things?
2: I would say in that respect. Yeah. I mean, I I always forget Mookie likes to be lead off. So either, either move Muncie to the second slot, or I like what you said, you know, let's put him nine because at that point he's still getting on base. It's like your pre lead off hitter. Once you've gone through the lineup, once let him bat ninth, he's going to get on base and then let Mookie drive him in or let Mookie get on base and then let everybody else do that. Uh, I know Smith is strong in the, in the three hole, but maybe we move him to cleanup because he is consistent. He is driving and runs. And then you can give some of those guys the, you know, a, an alternate or a, a spot in, in the three hole. Peralta. Hey, you know, Hayward, let them try out there.
1: Babyface, The Dodgers like to do this whole right, left thing. Um, is that a realistic explanation as to why you keep Muncie in the cleanup spot? Dave Roberts just recently, and it's funny because Roberts had the same tone with Syndergaard. It has gotten to the point in the season where Roberts is like, you need to announce, you have to produce. I can't give you any more leash. Uh, I mean, we heard those comments when people keep asking him about Muncie, Muncie's place in the lineup. And it looks now like Dave Roberts is like, you know what? We have to start thinking about this. Like, this is not something that we can ignore. What do you do with this situation with Muncie in the lineup?
3: Well, I mean, one thing we've learned, I mean, we know that Dave Roberts is very, you know, the guys that are his guys, he's very protective of of those guys, right? And Max Muncie is one of those guys, right? So he's going to run him out there even if he's struggling because he knows – he can turn it around, right? And we've seen this before. We saw this last year with Bellinger, right? He would continue to run Bellinger out there when when he was struggling, right? So I think that's kind of... So Max Muncy has a way longer leash, right, than, say, like Noah Syndergaard has, right? So I think that's the reason, too, you know, because he's one of his guys, and he knows that he could get it going at pretty much any time. You know, we've seen those stretches where Max Muncy... Like, the second half of last season, right, Max Muncy got... Very hot, right? And he, and he yeah. kind of held that through through the end of the year. So I don't know if he's he's expecting something like that, but that's kind of you know because is he hitting under two hundred now? Yeah, he yeah. has been hitting under right? two hundred So, for so a that while. You know that that is you know very alarming, you know right? But I mean, I think he just he just wants him to to you know walk, you know get on, you know and get his hits, get his home runs, and I mean. It, and we've discussed this many times, like batting average for whatever reason, when guys are hitting like 200 or 205, 210, it's like, okay, cool, whatever. But, I mean, to me, that's still very alarming. And it's like at least get him up there where he's hitting like 220, you know, you'll take that. But I think that's, that's the reason we continue to see Max Muncy maybe in the fourth spot. But it does make sense. You know what? Maybe try him in a different in different spots in that lineup and see if that will spark him, you know, to to start getting, you know, to be a little bit more more productive as far as you know not just home run or bust you know kind of get some singles get some doubles in there and then you know go from there he's actually
2: he's he's hitting 188 he's got 51 hits he's got 50 walks so he's like half and half i mean he's got three intentional walks if you want to add those in but i mean like he's 50 50 for getting on base one way or another
1: I, I mean, I, I know David wanted, wants a taco is, is he's still very bullish on Max Muncy, but that's my argument. And and I, and I this is the thing that I've been saying is and I want to use James Outman as an example. James Outman started off the season on fire and then he went through that stretch where it looked like, boy, man, he he I don't know. The pitchers look like they figured him out is uh, what the hell happened to James Outman? James Outman forgot how to hit. And now James Outman is starting to show signs. He's he's breaking out of it, and you don't see him struggling as much. I think maybe this is the reason why the Dodgers have had such an up-and-down season is everyone outside of the main stars, I mean, Mookie, Federico, and Will Smith, Those are the guys that have been consistent. Everyone else has been streaky. So maybe Max Muncy, like Julio, maybe they turn their seasons around. Uh, Please. And I I don't think it's anybody on the live right now or anybody who listens to the show because you guys are all intelligent baseball fans. But I really want to stop seeing the Nolan Arenado in a Dodgers uniform. Guys, that's not going to happen, you know. If anything, I am curious if they do end up getting another infielder, which I don't think they will, is if they do end up moving maybe Max Muncy to second base. I'm just very curious how serious Roberts is with his comments about Muncy and how much more leash they're going to give Muncy. Because like La Reina said, he's down to 188. So it's not like he's going back and forth. He had that nice stretch at the beginning of the season, and he's been in decline since then. So he maybe he can turn around his season, and and it's going to be like if he's good the last two months that that's what matters. Uh, I want to segue. Uh, the Dodgers are going into Texas this weekend, and they're facing a first place team in the Rangers. Uh, for me, this road trip was going to be very tough because they had those back-to-back series against the Orioles and now with the Rangers. Uh, I want to talk about the Rangers only because we're going to be visiting our old friend Corey Seager. And Corey Seager having another great season. Corey Seager had a great season last year. Corey Seager has been an all-star both years that he's been with the Rangers. When the Dodgers decided not to re-sign Corey Seager, I saw a few, but not many people, many fans broken up about losing Corey Seager. Reina, looking at it now and looking at our situation at shortstop, do you miss Corey Seager? Should the Dodgers have made more of an effort to sign him or are you good?
2: I mean, I wanted us to keep him back then, honestly. So the fact that he's hitting 346 right now, like he's having a great year. We, we need that bat in the lineup. We need that, that defense in the, the infield. Like if, if there was a way for us to get him, I'd take him back like in a heartbeat.
1: Here's the one thing. I was never sold on his defense. I also think the dude is just too big and I don't know how much longer he's going to play shortstop. But yeah, the guy's an offensive, you know, he's he's an offensive machine. Uh babyface, uh, do you want Seeger back just like you want Bellinger back?
2: Oh,
3: I don't think I want Bellinger back either, but I mean <laughs> I mean the thing with Seeger is too like right when he left, right, they had Trey Turner. They knew Trey Turner was gonna slide right into into shortstop and everything was gonna be good, right? And, but you didn't know what was gonna happen with Turner, but I think yeah, Kind of with Trey Turner and Seeger, I kind of felt like they didn't want to be in L.A., right? See, you know, Seager, it felt like he didn't want to be here either. I like, mean, yeah, he liked it, but I don't think – I think he feels a lot better being in Texas, you know, even
1: why, – Why do you say that,
3: though? I it, i don't know why it's the thing that you know, guys want to be closer to their home, though they're not necessarily in their home, right? They're not necessarily – like, there's no team from North Carolina, right? So, like, I don't know, two hours – three hours less on a flight. I don't know. I don't know if that's what a lot of these guys make a priority, right? Like when they sign with the team, like, Oh, their, their spring training is in Florida. I live out in Florida. So I get to be at home an extra month or two, whatever. I mean, I, those guys make that a priority and, you know, being closer to home, being more in this, you know, central part of the U S or on the East coast, these guys seem like right? That's what Trey Turner seems like. He wanted to be on the East coast. Um, and, um, same thing for Seeker, right? So, I mean, I don't know, you know, if it has, you know, it has probably to do a lot with what their their wife like as well. Right. You know, happy wife, happy life. Right. So, you know, they, they want to be on on a certain side of, of, of the country. And, you know, that's kind of I feel like, you know, Seeger wanted to be somewhere else. And, and that's kind of why he walked.
1: You know, another interesting thing, I, a storyline for this weekend is is to see how the Rangers do against the Dodgers. The Rangers are a first place team. But it's the thing we've always talked about. It's the phantom menace, the thing that we're worried about and that Kershaw is eventually going to leave the Dodgers and he would only leave them for one team. It would be the Texas Rangers. So if the Rangers have a good series against the Dodgers, the Rangers have a good remainder of the season. I, I, and let's say they don't make that much noise in the playoffs, but they're looking like maybe they are a couple pitchers away. Uh, Reina, am I looking into this way too much, but do you think Kershaw's paying attention at all to see what happens this weekend?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's already said it in some of the interviews that that you read around, like the only other place he would go is the Rangers. One of his, his high school friends is, is on the coaching staff. He'd be closer to his kids as they're growing up like that. He puts family first. So that would definitely be a factor he'd, he'd be silly not to be paying attention, even though all of us want to see him retire a Dodger. We want to see him stay on the team for as long as we can keep him. That goes without saying, but he's got other priorities that are competing. So, you know, it's a, it's a give and take there.
1: Look, Michael Carrillo, I'm like you, man. I I want him. I want him to pass Don Sutton in terms of the wins with the Dodgers. I just feel like, He's the best pitcher in the history of the Dodgers. Yes, I know I've never seen Sandy Koufax pitch live. But if you look at the numbers, Kershaw's numbers are better uh, than, than Koufax. And I hope that Kershaw, I mean, look, the guy's 16 years. He reserves the right to do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to go to Texas, then he goes ahead and, and does it. But for personal reasons, I want his name at the top of all the record books in pitching uh, for the Dodgers because for me, that's that's the name that deserves to be up there is is Kershaw. He is, he is the guy, and he's proven it this year. I mean, there were so many other pitchers that we were looking at that were supposed to take the mantle from him, and in this respect, I feel like he's a little bit like Kobe, and it's like... I'm not going to give it to you. If you want it, you got to take it from my dead cold hand, you know, and Kershaw just came out there and he's just, he's really surprised me this year. I really hope they're just being super conservative with him and that this shoulder inflammation that he's dealing with is not something serious. Um, because I, I would love for this guy to, to, to help us make a run, uh, in, in, in the post season. um, one of the other things, I, I don't know if you guys caught this recently, but uh, Walker Buehler was on, what's the name of this podcast? Is it called This Is Baseball, Babyface? Talking
3: Baseball or yeah, something, something, Just Baseball, I think, maybe? Just baseball. I think just
1: baseball. Just Baseball. And he had said that in 2017, he was going to get traded to the Rangers of all teams for Yu Darvish. Luckily, the Rangers took a different package, and Bueller was not included in that. Uh, the Dodgers ended up making the World Series anyways that year, but Reina, even though Bueller's been injured twice, he's had two Tommy Johns. Can you imagine if they would have traded Bueller for Darvish? And I'm only bringing this up because we are in now a little over a week away from the trade deadline, and I know La Reina does not like uh, trading away prospects, does this concern you? You always have the ghost of the Pedro Martinez trade. You always are like, oh, all right, what are we giving up in order to win now? But what were your thoughts on that revelation that Bueller said he was going to be traded for you, Darvish?
2: I mean, honestly, this is the first I'm hearing of it just because I – wasn't as much on on Twitter and, and all the socials today. So I, just the fact that we wouldn't have had him all of this time, even injured, like he's still an asset to the team. Coming back, he's going to be a big part of the of the of the not the bullpen, but the the starting lineup. So, God, to have lost him, that would have been that would have been horrible.
1: Babyface, would you have been okay uh, with Bueller going for for Darvish?
3: Um. Yeah, I mean at the at the time you probably would have been like yeah, that's pretty steep, right? And kind of, I mean, the thing with the Dodger trades is like they usually win those trades, right? Like I was hearing uh, right now in the city of the Orioles, right? They were talking about uh, the Dean Kramer that pitched uh, on the last game, right? Mm-hmm. He he was in the Dodger organization, and he went he got traded for the Manny Machado, right? Manny Machado, mm-hmm. deal. and all the guys that were a part of that 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 deal none of those guys are part of the Euros anymore except for Dean, for Dean Kramer. So it's like Dodgers have that history of like, you know what, we're going to give you these guys and we'll see what happens. And most of those guys, Dodgers end up winning. Right. So it would have been interesting. Like if they would have traded Walker Bueller for Darvish, right. Cause Darvish ends up walking away at the end of that season. Right. And then Walker, you know, if he would have been on the Rangers, I mean, how would his path there have gone? Right. You know, I mean, we, we know what Walker gave us in, in, in a, in eighteen, right, and then you know, yeah. so it would have been interesting to see that. I mean, I think I think you you know the Dodger fans, if you would have got traded, and, and would have saw, oh man, we gave up Walker Buehler scene, like how we pitched in eighteen, right, and 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 who we kind of became. I think it would have been something Dodger fans would have been like, dang, why did we have to give up Buehler for that trade, you know?
1: Uh, Michael Carrillo, that is, uh, I, I don't know if it is mathematically correct, but I, I feel it. Friedman does win, it feels like, almost 85% of those trades. Um, I don't think you can say maybe Jordan Alvarez might be the biggest miss uh, in terms of trading him for Josh Fields. Uh, I mean, the Josiah Gray, look, you got back Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, so I don't, I I can, you got to give up something in order to get something good and you got guys that that helped you get into the playoffs but for the most part free I agree Michael the Friedman wins trade so that's why this trade deadline coming up I'm going to find it's going to be it's going to be very interesting because I think there's a limited amount of teams that you're going to be dealing with cuz all those teams are going to be going uh, for those guys All of a sudden, Lorenzen seems to be a real favorite to people because I think he's gone like 17 innings now without giving up a run. So uh, the price is going to be high. And are the Dodgers just better suited hanging on to these guys? Because, I mean, look at it. There's guys that got called up this year that I hadn't even heard of. And these guys are holding their own. And I think they're going to get better. They're going to get better with the exposure. Like, I'm very impressed by Sheehan. Uh, and, you know, Bobby Miller, I, I'm impressed by him, too. So, and look, we've talked. We had an interview with Dalton Rushing that uh, you guys uh, go ahead and check out on our previous podcast. But even Dalton Rushing was talking glowingly about the Dodgers development staff, the way they develop players. And that's something that. You know, we talk about it, but maybe we don't talk about it enough. And it's just like the the Dodgers, just like they know how to coach people up. And so I, I hear this from a lot of people when they're talking about my name and trades. Just go ahead and trade the prospects. The Dodgers will go ahead and find more. And then they just end up turning them into more prospects. So maybe this fear of like giving up a Bueller, a future Bueller in a trade, is something that we, we shouldn't have that fear because the Dodgers will just find a way to replace them, right, babyface?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think right now, though, we are at a point where we're kind of we, we going to see some of these guys get traded away, right? Because, you know, we're talking to Don Rushing, right? He's a catcher, right? Yeah. And then ahead of him, who do you have? You have another top prospect in Diego Cartier, right? So it's like you have these two catchers. Like, I mean, eventually, eventually, you know, they're going to come up, right? I mean, I don't think any of those guys is really a backup. Right, I mean, you know, if they if they get rid of Austin Barnes, you might call up Diego Cartel for a while. And I'm not even saying this season; it'd probably be like next season because Diego's only in Double A, so and and he's struggling in Double A. He's hitting like 180. So
1: yeah, so I think that's the dude that if they're gonna trade him, I I think it's gonna be that dude because I don't know if they have faith behind him, uh, faith in him behind the plate, uh he strikes me as a guy who's going to be a DH. I I think he's a dude without a position. Uh, and I know Dalton rushing had a ridiculous, uh, he put up ridiculous numbers at Rancho and has come down to earth in great lakes. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious to see what that dude's development is going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, I just, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to talk about these make-believe trades that I see on there that the Dodgers are going to do this, the Dodgers are going to do that because people are just blowing smoke up their ass. Like, Bet Online, our sponsor recently, uh, about a week ago, and I think it's already changed, had said the Yankees were going to be the favorites to, to get Otani in a trade. Well, I don't know if anybody factored in that the Angelitos just swept the Yankees, And now the Angelitos are within striking distance of the wild card. Uh, So I just, you know, I I think it's better if Otani doesn't get traded for the Dodgers. So if anything, I think everyone should be rooting that the angels don't trade Otani, the Dodgers trade away whatever prospects they need to trade. But you're right, Michael. You're not the first person that has said this on this show. Cody Snavely has said this many times on this show in the sense that, they may need to just make trades just to clear up roster spots. Uh The 40-man the roster is getting very crowded. And that's why, again, I just point to these signings that we did. I, I know Nelson just had a, a rehab stint over there, but it, it seems like there's no air urgency, no desire to call him up to the major league level. So why is he taking up a, a roster spot? So I mean- it, go ahead. Like you said, they're
3: they're getting to these guys where it's getting really full. And like you said, guys that should be up, like Michael Bush, right? He, what's he doing in, in AAA, A, right? He's tearing it up again, right?
1: Uh, and Miguel Vargas is tearing it up.
3: And Miguel Vargas, he's gonna he's gonna start playing good. And like, so they're gonna get to a point where, like, you know what? We gotta move some of these guys because we can't have them in LA. They gotta be fair to them as well, right? And 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 get them somewhere where they can play. So you know, you're gonna see. I don't know if it'll be now, you know, but maybe a Cartaya or a rushing gets moved, right? Cause that catch position is starting to get a log jam, especially with Will Smith. What do you, what do you expect to do with Will Smith? Is he your long-term catcher? Is he going to get the big payday with the Dodgers or are they going to let him walk and then, you know, let one of these younger guys come in in a couple of years. So those are all questions to be answered.
1: Absolutely. Uh, before we end the show, uh, it is our time for picks. And I just want to recap that, uh, last week, uh, Babyface and I had gone. Uh, we both picked them to go three and three. So we lost. However, David wants a taco. I know you were on the live. I don't know if you're still on, David. David sent me a message and he, in his words. You guys went three and three. I'm going to go four and two. So David wants a taco. You are correct. And you have gotten a, a point for our listeners and our listeners have now taken the lead. So it is now the listeners are in first place. Babyface and I trail uh, in second. And then uh, La Princesa de Picolandia eh, follows. So uh, we're going to cover the next six games. So that's going to be three games against the Rangers of Texas. And then we're going to cover the three games as the Azulejos uh, from Toronto come into L.A. Uh, Reina, ladies, first you're on the ladies line.
2: Are we doing it by by series or are we doing it by just the overall. entire
1: just overall?
2: I'm gonna go four and two. We'll win oh. four. I'm gonna be optimistic here. Win four, drop two.
1: All right. Uh so you guys on the live, start putting in your picks. Uh like I said, six games. It's overall. What do you guys what are you guys expecting the the Dodgers record to be? Um the series in Texas worries me. Uh, Michael Carrillo coming in hot with a five and one. Uh, so I, um, this is, uh, this is hard. Uh, this worries me because I just, is Michael Grove going to have two consecutive outings, good outings, uh, David wants a taco. I agree with you. You you convinced me. David wants a taco. Comes in with 3 and 3. I'm going to go 3 and 3. Baby face.
3: And cuz David wants a taco and you said 3 and 3, I'm going to go 4 and 2. I'm not going to let you twist my arm this time around. I think I think the Dodgers will do just fine in Texas and and they'll they'll
1: come out of this 4 and 2.
2: Come to okay. the optimistic side. We have cookies. <laughs>
1: So there you have it. Uh, I want to thank you guys. I know it's been a while since we've had a live. I really appreciate you guys coming on here. I love the interaction with you guys. I've said this before. You guys are the most knowledgeable uh, fan base, and I love that you guys choose to listen to our show because I know you guys have other options. I know you guys could listen to other uh, Dodger shows, but I, I really appreciate that you guys come on and and participate with us on these live shows please uh if you haven't done so already subscribe to the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel uh spread the word uh like i said we had two other episodes we dropped this week uh we just dropped an episode with dalton rushing which i i really enjoyed talking to that kid i think he has a really good head on his shoulders uh i hope he continues to develop uh just not only because if he can help the dodgers or at this point uh you know, in the future, whether he can help with the trade Simeon, I haven't forgotten, but I, I you beat me to it. I want to wish Simeon a happy birthday before we sign off. Simeon's birthday is on Tuesday. So a very happy early birthday to Simeon. Who's always been a great supporter of the show. He always helps promote the show. So a big thank you to Simeon um and just overall a lot of love i don't know if we're gonna do a live next week i'm just letting you guys know even though the dodgers have an off day uh we may be at kershaw's challenge uh next thursday the ping pong tournament that he puts on uh so unless we get uninvited to that uh then we may have a live show but other than that we'll be talking to hopefully dodger players Asking them the stupid questions that you know we always ask. Or if you guys have any questions you want us to ask the players, uh, let us know and, and we'll do that. You ha sido su servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mis colegas, la reina de Playa Larga y mis cuevas, and babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loss podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos.